G'day and welcome back to Indefensible New Zealand, the third episode of the 2024 uh, season today. It's Waitangi Day. That's the New Zealand national holiday, for want of a better term, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, so, 6 February. And um, I thought it was a good time to actually talk about national security in the context of people. Uh, we know that the Defence Force is pretty light on people at the moment. We know that New Zealand is uh, struggling with social unity at, uh, at many different levels and those two things actually collide and so I want to just uh, address that. What prompted me to, uh, several things prompted me actually to, uh, to, to do this episode today. Um, one is I guess a reflection on what it means for most people and the, co the comments that I've heard from my friends and, and that around the, um, around the town, I'm sitting on the back of the boat in Havelock Marina in the Marlborough Sounds by the way, um, the, uh, the general comment that most people have made is means nothing to me, it's a nothing day, it's just a day for grievance and appeasement of one particular sector, Māori. I was just I was struck with just how pervasive that attitude is that this is a nothing day when I've been all over the world been in many countries and celebrated their national days and it's just such a in every case it's just such a fantastic celebration of their their culture and uh, and their country and uh, you know I guess the over the top end is July the 4th in the United States I've been in Canada on July the 1st and that's a that's a fantastic celebration France on Bastille Day July the 14th and so on and so forth Australia Day so I, I went online to have a look, because all the, all the media coverage is, is about um, what's happening at Waitangi itself. We've got the politicians there and Maoridom um, and the Navy, etc, etc. So I, um, I searched for other events that are happening on Waitangi Day in New Zealand and it's um, pretty slim pickings. I have to say, big ups to Waikato, you seem to have the idea and uh, a big series of multicultural events, food and, and shows and, and all that sort of thing. And really. That's what I hoped that a New Zealand National Day might well become. I think right at the moment we have to ask ourselves whether um, a small group has captured this day and, uh, and it's become a day uh, of grievance and appeasement rather than a day of celebration of our, um, our, our nation. And well, as we know from um, wars gone by, uh, appeasement means hoping the crocodile will eat you last. So what does this have to do with national security? Well as I alluded to at the start, um, the social fabric is what, is what we exist to defend in the national security scene. And so what fabric? Um, there are undoubtedly uh, a silent mess, there's undoubtedly a silent mess in New Zealand that uh, is sort of trucking along uh, and basically ignoring what is going on in society or silently unhappy. Uh, there's no doubt a small group, and I would say it is a very small group, who will not be happy until uh, some sort of complete co-governance, dual governance or secession is achieved and then what? I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, a Gaza Strip kind of set up with a road corridor to a West Bank. It's, I can't see it ever being a viable alternative here in New Zealand. But everyone's voice is valid. However, those that small number of voices seems to be dominating the discussion about what and who we are as a nation and where we should be headed. And uh, I don't think that's helpful 
I don't think that's helpful for the country. Uh, what do you do about it? That is a very complex problem. Let's just look at the Defence Force and the, the makeup of the Defence Force uh, for a moment. And I was really um, quite struck with a an article published on LinkedIn a couple of days ago by a former Army colleague of mine, um, Tim Keating, who was a the Chief of the Defence Force and now working offshore. And um, he wrote a very compelling piece. I recommend you go and have a look at it if you've got a couple of minutes. Um, Talking about his time, he was reflecting on Waitangi Day and talking about his time as the commander of the uh, provincial reconstruction team in um, in Afghanistan. And Hamid Karzai, the uh, Afghan president at the time, came and he was welcomed with a pofili, etc. Um, and during his speech, he, he set aside his, his speech notes and he looked at the New Zealand contingent and said, this is my vision for... Afghanistan, that um, all these cultures, races, religions, all together operating as one, respectful of each other's background and position, but working together. Uh, sadly, his vision, as Tim points out, uh, didn't come to fruition, but I think it is a worthwhile one. I think, actually, most New Zealanders would agree that that's the vision that they want for New Zealand as well. So, uh, if the New Zealand Defence Force is a, a clear working model of how multiculturalism can work, then why not embrace that as the centre of excellence? And um, I've advocated for some time, for instance, that we need a much bigger defence force. Well, we can't even um, crew the one we've got at the moment, but that's actually reasonably solvable and now I'm not talking about conscription or national service and I'm, I'm not talking about um, boot camps for um, serial youth offenders I think it's a dumb idea I've published on that um, but I am talking about smoothing the channels the pathways and making it much easier for many many more people to engage with the the arms and services of state and, and find their way to our flag and our national anthem and that becomes more important as more and more new New Zealanders arrive you know we're talking about a quarter of the country now not born here so what what are, what are some of the ideas well you can go onto the unclass.com website and most of them are there and are published extensively over the last five or six years on it voluntary national service is a no-brainer to me um, I don't think compulsory anything fits well with New Zealand but voluntary does and uh, just imagine a situation where people could um, enrol full-time or part-time into the arms and services, not just the Defence Force, but primarily I think that's the, the area where we've got the capacity at the moment. And in return, um, gain not only the benefit of actually being part of that machine, but also um, perhaps write off student loans, uh, get other uh, first home starts, etc., etc. So. I call this policy of coordinated self-interest, and um, that's self-explanatory. We've got to find ways with um, with new generations of finding the, the meeting point between what it is they desire and what it is we need to do to continue to function as a country. So I think voluntary national service um, across defence, police, fire, civil defence is, is a no-brainer. I think we've got to recognise the gig economy and understand that people aren't going to join the Defence Force for their whole career. Um, they will, there's many want to try it out. Um, but look, contracts, shorter contracts, 
uh, incentives to re-enlist, um, choose your NCO core and your senior officer core from that group rather than try and select them when they're all you know, 17, 18, 19 years old and try and work out what they're going to be like in 10 or 20 years. One of the many barriers to entry for the Defence Force is the um, if you have a criminal record. Now there's a whole lot of um, people, mostly young men, and unfortunately the statistics show a lot of young Māori men um, have convictions that stop them from getting into the Defence Force. Um, I think we need to go and re-examine those rules and um, have some uh, some overrides, some common sense applied. Um, someone who does something dumb when they're 17 or 18 isn't necessarily going to be uh, doing the same things in their 20s or 30s and I, I think that we're losing a lot of um, potentially good soldiers, sailors and airmen because of that. Um, likewise, um, health, medical, uh, there's a whole range of criteria. Um, this idea that you've got to uh, be able to pass the aptitude test, two goes or you can never apply again, dumb. What we should be doing is finding those people who are obviously interested and in getting them into a, into a coaching mentoring scheme where they can actually um, pass the aptitude test, put them into a gamified setting rather than a traditional examination setting. All sorts of things we can do to, to improve the breadth of intake and the depth of intake. And we haven't really got very much time. If you look at now my priorities for building the Defence Forces, firstly people, we lack mass. And we've got to find a whole lot of ways and we've got to use fast fail techniques to, to try and get in as many as possible in the shortest possible time. It won't all be perfect, some of it will be ugly, but we can work that out. Uh, secondly, we need to be able to protect those people, so decent equipment, decent vehicles uh, and uh, reconnaissance, intelligence, surveillance, target acquisition, protective syst systems and so on. Thirdly, we need to be able to project those people. There's no point. There's no point having a brilliant defence force that can only sit in Linton or, or Waiuru. Um, and finally, we need to be able to sustain it, which means we need the uh, over-the-water logistics capability to sustain a force that is somewhere else. Um, now that's a pretty quick flyby, um, and uh, you might think well, it's an interesting um, conflation between Waitangi Day and the defence force's uh, personnel issues. But actually, there is a very, very uh, com uh, there is a common thread there, and that is that if we can't appeal to the mass of people in the defence for the defence forces recruitment purposes, how on earth are we ever going to find some sort of common ground or basis for binding together the um, the, the broader population, the broader society of New Zealand? So I think um, looping back to to Waitangi Day. I'd like to see a real effort by the government, central and local and community groups, to actually have a national celebration around the um, around the country, uh, to stop this fixation on Waitangi, move grievances to where they should be heard, which is Parliament, and uh, by all means go to Waitangi, the treaty grounds, and have a celebration of the signing for those that signed it. Uh, but this uh, this um, media coverage of continual angst and some of the sensational headlines that I've seen over the last few days is quite simply unhelpful and in many cases untrue. So let's uh, let's do better New Zealand. Let's let's get up there and uh, have people talking about the the amazing experience they had when they came to New Zealand on their national day 6th of February. Well that's it for this episode of Indefensible New Zealand. If you found it useful, please subscribe and share it with your friends. For more information on New Zealand's national security, or to send in questions for the series, go to my website, 
enclays.com. 